Hello and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please join your host, I Love Kim Possible a Lot, or KP, and Lauren Kizich, the Abbey Roadie, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to support by giving a like, a follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible a Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word and keep being a part of a great community. This episode is appropriate for all ages. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Animation Communication Podcast, featuring yours truly, Abby Rohde, and um, and KP. And uh, we're going to start off with some some fun, exciting news. Uh, yeah, I know we're actually getting some animation news in the middle of quarantine. We're, it's picking back up again, guys. <laughs> yeah, even, this even is with a... all of us still closed up. We're we're still getting we're getting news, so we're trying to get that to you guys. <laughs> yeah, this is um, a long episode, so um, luckily the, there's not. I mean. I don't. I want. I don't want to say luckily, but there's not a lot of stories this week, essentially, um, because you get to yeah. hear cosplay rambles, and it's it's good and fun. It's it's good times, yo. But um, okay, well, what are the stories, yeah. Lauren? So anyway, tell me about so, them. All two of them. Yes. So here's the sitch. So as we may have mentioned, if you may recall from another podcast, uh, I did mention uh, Tony Bancroft and Scott Sava's uh, Animal Crackers movie, which went through uh, distribution hell <laughs> years ago, and uh, it, it got okayed for, uh, it got, it basically had a deal with Netflix, and now it's going to be released on Netflix this year. Uh, original plan was for September, uh, September release. It was, it, the news just broke that they bumped it to July 24th. Now, that's right. That's pretty much around the corner, given the time of this episode. So that's awesome, uh, and I'm all the more hyped to see it because I've been waiting years for it, and uh, I know a lot of people have too. Given that it was only released in what China and then maybe like one other region, and that was about it because the distributor put them through hell to try and get it to the states even though it's an english film go figure it out and this is a kids <laughs> this is a kids approved episode say heck hell is quite really going to it's it's either development heck does that really sound any better okay this, i got a i got a heck and heck okay because they went through development um messes uh, i wish not say no sorry because they went through distribution messes uh they uh they were only released in china and maybe like one other region and so a lot of people were waiting for this movie to come to the states uh especially it's it's funny because it is an english film like it was made to be an english film and then it was like you know dubbed over you know for and subtitled for for different you know regions in different countries um but yeah so i'm i'm excited uh especially because yeah i'm waiting years for it so what is <laughs> what is the plot? Uh, the plot is this guy. His uh, basically his dad owned a circus, and he inherits this circus. And it turns out that the circus also comes with a box of magical animal crackers. Now I say magical animal crackers, and that's because uh, the animals in the circus are not actually animals at all. They are people. They're like performers that eat the crackers and turn into animals for the show. So there's actually no... So this is to, to avoid the whole, I guess, uh, uh, animal taboo of, you know, in circuses. 
Um, but yeah, so it's actually animal, it's an, the animal performers are actually people performers who eat the crackers. Uh, and that's just a, and that's just a general gist. It started from a small short film that went viral years ago. And, mm-hmm. uh, basically they took that story and, uh, adapted it to a full feature length film. So, uh, yeah. What if they run out of crackers? See, I, I don't know the answer <laughs> to that part either. Because uh, apparently the box of animal crackers has been around forever and it's magical, so I'm assuming it just doesn't run out of crackers. I don't know. <laughs> the the animal the people are breeding and they 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 they, they produce like cracker children and that's how the cycle <laughs> continues. Cracker children, cracker children. So there's like so there's like little baby elephant crackers in there running around with the elephant mother and. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> we gotta fill in the plot holes somehow. Well, we'll get our answer on July twenty fourth, I guess. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's the other? And what's then, the other story? And then the other story is also another Netflix uh, Netflix animation news. Uh, it, the trailer for Glenn Keane's Over the Moon film uh, dropped this week. Uh, it was it, so basically, it's a story about a girl who. Um, it's I guess you can say you can call it like a the dead mom story where you know kids like misses their dead parent and then they want to go find the parent they don't believe they're dead they just feel like they disappeared and so it's supposed to be a whole magical uh, a whole magical story about this little girl who want, who was told the story about her mother how she went to the moon and she was she trapped there and never was it was never able to come back and she believes the story and she actually tries to get herself to the moon to go find her mother and uh, it's actually CG animated, um, and it has some 2D, as far as the trailer is able to show, it has some 2D animated segments, so obviously Glenn Keane had a hand in that. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, but it, it looks really interesting. I'm really, it, it's, I'm really intrigued to see where it does go with, with the movie, um, and especially with a, a plot line like that. So uh, as far as I know, it's, uh, it looks really good really promising and there's a cute bunny that is her pet that goes with her i think that's cute <laughs> it's just like spot didn't die he went on the farm this is like the mom equivalent of like going <laughs> yeah. to the farm um she, you know she's stuck on the moon with princess luna i don't know it's <laughs> oh, this is a horse heavy episode for those who, are, who don't horse so Forewarning in advance, if you don't like horse, there's, there's, I mean, I translate, so we can, me and Lauren can speak horse, nay, nay, um, but. (laughs) But yeah, but for Over the Moon, uh, there is no set date yet, we just know it's 2020 when it'll be released, uh, so, uh, so sometime this year, maybe it'd be like, I anticipate maybe, no, October, November, possibly, so we'll, we'll see, um, but yeah, uh, and so obviously being Netflix, it's going to go straight to, you know, kind of that, uh, it's straight to streaming services, so you don't have to wait for theatrical release. Um, yeah. But yeah, oh yeah, and then I was going to say, I do have uh, a plug. Uh, I'd like to make a plug here. <laughs> okay, <laughs> can I do it? Can I do a Glenn our... Keane tangent before you plug? Yeah, sure. Okay, so Glenn Keane, for those who do not know, is um, I think probably between him and Steven Silver are probably um, my biggest artistic inspirations, like to the point where um, like you subconsciously are consuming a lot of art. So um, he did a lot of characters, uh, most probably most famously, correct me if I'm wrong, Lauren, but he was the 
He designed Ariel, right? Uh, actually, he animated on, on Ariel, but if I recall, he didn't actually design Ariel. I believe that was Dan Haskett who okay. designed Ariel. Okay. And so, uh, but he did animate, he did animate the Beast. Yeah. Uh, he did animate uh, Tarzan. And he, I mean, he's, I mean, he's done a million characters, but I'm trying to select a few that I know for certain that he worked on. Um, and he, he's an anim, he, yeah, for all of who don't know, Glenn Keane was a Disney animator. Uh, well, no, is he, well, is a former Disney animator. So he was a Disney animator, is a former Disney animator. Um, he even made a short film with Kobe Bryant, uh, that a lot of people revisited, especially after, uh, Kobe's passing, unfortunate passing, uh, and he did a, an animated film that actually won, uh, it, I believe it won at the Oscars. It won an Annie's. Yeah, game. it won, um, I think it won the animated, it won the animated. Basketball, sh- that's what it's called. Yeah. It won the animated short um, category of the year, and they also got mm-hmm. John Williams to do the score for it. So I'm just like, man, mm-hmm. Lauren, we need John Williams in our projects, and then we'll win all the Oscars. But um, <laughs> yeah, Glenn Keane is the man. Um Essentially, uh, I love the way he animates stuff in general. He just knows what he's doing, generally. Um, he also, his daughter Claire was the main influence for Rapunzel, Disney's Rapunzel. I think he helped design, I mean, I might be wrong, but I think he helped design Rapunzel's character, like, at least 2D first. Because I yes. know, yes, I know she did. was You're designed right. two-dimensionally before they translated 3D. And he also was the head animator on my boy, um, John Silver from Treasure Planet. So, which I bet you didn't AKA, know. AKA one of the most impossible to animate characters ever given that he's also part CG. <laughs> yeah, rip. So um, when we went to, when I went to, this was one year when I was in San Francisco, San Francisco, we went to the Disney um, family history museum, which, you know, I could have stayed longer because, like, I hate everything, essentially, that, unless it has to do with animation or history in general or, you know, art and literature to the point where I beat my whole family combined on Trivial Pursuit. But anyway, um, take me to trivia. I'm good at trivia. But anyway, um, but yeah, they they had a Glenn Keane exhibit and, you know, they had, they had, like, some of his original Ariel, um, keyframes there which was amazing, and they he also animated, I believe he animated Radigan, Radigan on yes. Great Mouse Detective 2. Um, so I think this exhibit was mainly, um, any anim- I think he animated the, the eagle thingy in Rescue is Down Under. Yes, I yes, you are also correct on that, yes. The eagle thing. What's the name of the eagle? Well, it, it was um. Oh shoot! It was um. The names on the tip of my tongue. Names on the tip of my tongue. Uh, it'll come back to me in a second. Um. Uh, it's. I swear it starts with a name. It, it starts with a M or something. Not. It starts with a name. Duh. Okay, it's uh, fine. Um. Yeah, but he animated the uh, eagle thing. <laughs> um. I think it was. You can. You uh, can. Marahute. That's right. Marahute. Mar- Okay, yeah, that's something I would not have guessed. But anyway, so... I was and, like, it starts with an M, and I was like, Marahute. But for those who so have like not an, seen Rescuers yeah. Down Under, which is one of the very few Disney sequels that actually is part of the, the main canon of um, Disney animated animation studios, um, that and Frozen 2, I think, and Wreck-It Ralph 2 are the only ones 
really. Um, everything else is straight to video. Um, but yeah, it's Rescuers Down Under is kind of um, very repetitive of the original, but Eagle Thing has some really beautiful animation. So, um, you know, it's neat. If you like Australia, it's like Kangaroo Jack, but better. Um, but yeah, and so at the at the, the the museum, they also had the water, Lauren, what are, I'm blinking, what is the thing that the, were, this little, yeah, this, that's helpful. <laughs> I'm, I'm wording, I'm wording, um, what are the things <laughs> that, um, the animators use for, like, reference, like, little models that, of the characters? Oh, uh, maquettes. A maquette, okay, yeah. So they actually had um, one of Silver's or Silver's maquette at the um, at the museum, and I was just like very happy about that. So anyway, okay, that's my spiel. So do your plug. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now for the plug. Uh, yeah, not entirely sure when specifically this episode will be uploaded, uh, but uh, I might as well plug anyway, and I'll I'll be plugging it on my Twitter as well. Uh, is uh, my little sister from another mister. Uh, her she goes by Cosmic Keyframe on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, my sister uh, Chrissy, she made awesome Steven Universe dog tags in partnership with My Little Ties, who is an incredible. He he does incredible engravings and metalwork and stuff like that. And so, um, so they made these special edition uh, dog tags with uh, the diamonds and Steven, uh, basically uh, on each dog tag. And uh, they come in two different variants. There's the regular, I believe, the regular silver variant, and there is a rainbow var- variant. So there is actually a rainbow finish on the metal dog tag. And I highly recommend going in and pre-ordering the rainbow ones because they're really pretty <laughs> and fit Steven Universe to a T. So um, if you want to get yourself some uh, amazing, you know, uniquely designed dog tags uh, that you can that you could wear anything you like anything you'd like with them uh definitely uh give a follow to cosmic keyframe on twitter also to my little ties uh and dm uh chrissy about it because uh she's accepting pre-orders right now for the dog tags and so yeah hit her up for some awesome artwork because i'm so proud of how her designs turned out they look really really nice she's she's so talented i'm so proud yeah, and um, I like Christy, too. And the other thing is, uh, my little Ty is also a really chill guy. Um, I order some of my merch from him that isn't just, like, buttons and prints. So, like, if for people who are old school and have the, like, key f- the, the wooden keychains thingies with my horse on them, then he made those. Um, he made some, like, silver necklaces that aren't exactly dog tags with my art on them. Um... And then he made a couple of shell inlay necklaces that I don't think I have. I think I sold all of them um, at this point. But yeah, so he's he's generally a really cool do- guy. And then he will do things for charity too. So he everyone loves Igor. He could like they're both good people. So mm-hmm. give them your yeah. money. <laughs> anyway, that's my plug, and uh, I think that ends our new segment. So anyway, back to the show. Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of Animation Communication. Still in quarantine. We'll probably still be in quarantine for a long time. Um, so if you've made it this far, you've 
listen to the news segment of like the three stories we had because Hollywood is shut down because still kind of I mean a lot of people are working remotely if you don't know how animation works but it's fine it's fine but anyway um we have guests <laughs> we have three guests here and we're going to talk about stuff okay so I guess we'll go Lachlan Sarah Shelby I mean it doesn't really matter um yeah. we're all at, I'll direct yeah. the question <laughs> I'll direct the question to all of you guys, and then you'll just do order. And um, it's relatively, it's it's pretty chill here um, in the, the KP house. I don't know. So feel free to, um, rambling is, is relatively fine. So don't feel bad about that. Sweet. Okay. We're oh, good. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> like, I always keep on saying it. Like, that's what podcasts are for. If people don't, like, you know, that's what, like, you know, that's what you do if you don't have a talent, you have a podcast, and you ramble about stuff. So, not that none of us are particularly <laughs> untalented, but just, like, some people in general, you know. I I don't have skills, so I can talk on the internet. So, yeah, um, so for his skill. <laughs> now, how, how about everybody introduce themselves? Let's go around the circle and introduce ourselves Magic here. Circle. Sure. So, I guess <laughs> I'll start. My name is Lachlan O'Neill. I have been cosplaying since, oh dear, since I was 15. So I'm not exactly sure how long that is. I think maybe eight years, nine. I don't know what time is anymore. Um, But I, I really started cosplaying in around, I think, 2012 full time. My first ever cosplay was actually Pinkie Pie from My Little Pony, and I I wore it to a rabbit convention. I was going to the American Rabbit Breeders Association of America convention in Indianapolis. Oh, like an actual, it was an actual rat, an actual rabbit. <laughs> an actual rabbit oh, convention. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. I, it was over That's Halloween, great. too. And I was receiving an award for top rabbitry management in the state and or not in the state, in in the region, in the whole region of the South. So I was I was receiving a big, big award and I thought, hey, it's Halloween. And I just heard about this new thing called cosplay and and I want to try it. So I told my dad, I was like, dad. I want to cosplay Pinkie Pie at a rabbit convention. <laughs> and he was like, well, I'm sorry, what? And he, he had already driven me to the rabbit convention. He was like, you know, people don't, I, that sounds like a Comic-Con thing. And I said, I don't care. I heard that people cosplay at conventions. I think I was 14. So I was 14. <laughs> I'm going to cosplay at this rabbit convention. So I put on my, my My Little Pony shirt, and he took me to rent a wig. We went to a rented wig. rented a wig? You rented We, went, we rented wow. a I didn't even know wig. That was possible. That's so cute. I, and, and so I wore it, and I wore the Pinkie Pie wig all around this rabbit convention. I didn't, I didn't wear it when I was accepting the award at the fancy gala. But I absolutely was singing the At the Gala song Movement. in the Pinkie Pie voice oh. yeah. at this fancy, fancy event with all of these geneticists and whatnot. So I, I was an embarrassment. But my first convention cosplay, my first convention experience, um, I actually convinced my dad to buy me a wig. 
And this was in high school, so Ooh. I was in ninth grade. I was 15. And Sarah and I actually went to the same high school. And I, I saw a wig mm. in the, the window, a pink wig. And it was curly. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I want that. And this was on Main Street in downtown Columbia. Oh, yeah. I'd never been in. (laughs) (laughs) We know what wig store you're talking about. (laughs) And I saw this beautiful pink wig. I said, Daddy, I want that wig, please. And he he bought it for me. And I did not take it off, like, for months. Valid. Because, because being being Pinkie Pie, this was my first. This was my first real wig because it was expensive too. Yeah, that wig and, shop. And it was and it was and it was off color. It was off color for Pinkie Pie, but I didn't care. And I got um, a news article. It was in the Free Times, and it said Nashikon. It's an anime convention, and my dad just busts into my room one day slaps the free times down and says you're gonna go to your first convention i'm not gonna go because i don't want to but i will drop you off i will drop you off and you can stay there you can stay there all day and make some friends because up until then my my dad had just gained full custody of me and he didn't know what was going on. I was a teenage girl, and I loved ponies, and I wanted to be Pinkie Pie. <laughs> and he was, he was so confused. So he was like, you know what? I will leave you at this con all day. Just, just go talk to ponies to somebody else. So I put on my Pinkie Pie wig, and I put on a pink, like, Aeropostale shirt and some pink booty shorts and my Converse. And I made paper pony ears with a Sharpie. And I looked terrible, but I felt, I felt, I felt the most beautiful I have ever been in my life. I felt gorgeous. And I showed up at the convention and the first person I saw was Kelly. And she, Sarah, I think, you know, you know, Kelly. And she, and she was dressed up as Pinkie Pie, and she sang a song to me, introduced herself, and gave me a card that said, you're invited to Pinkie Pie's special party. And on the back, it was like, this is a fake invitation, but this is just for fun. But I still have it in my, my little convention memory box. And, and all of just the absolute kindness I received in the community even though I looked like a hot mess, just <laughs> we all have to start. Somewhere. It just sent me. It sent me over the edge with joy. It's like, oh my gosh, I finally feel like I belong somewhere. I I never felt that feeling in my life, and going to Nashikon and feeling like I fit in, it just was such a new experience, and it was so wonderful. And I just decided I was gonna do it forever. Adorable. So cute. That really (laughs) highlights the beauty of cosplay, too, because we all kind of, like, begin somewhere, and even if we may not look, like, quote-unquote put together, like, you're having fun, and you're expressing yourself, and making connections, and meeting new people, and that's the beauty of cosplay. That's the beauty of the community, and that's, like, such an integral part of what we do, which, obviously, we will elaborate on later on, but um, even just, like, to kind of uh, that it that's all of our little baby yeah. genesis stories yeah, exactly because <laughs> like, i mean um yeah 
Why don't we backtrack? Um, why don't you guys define cosplay? <laughs> so, uh, as someone who is actually teaching a class to like 10, 12 year olds right now, <laughs> cosplay is the combination of the words costume and role play. It came from a Japanese term coined in like the 1940s or something. I don't know. It, um, uh, back in the day before there were actual conventions for like anime and stuff, there were science fiction conventions in like the early 1900s. People would make fan costumes and just go do the thing. And then Japan was like, we're going to coin a term for that. It's called cosplay. So that's what we do. Um, And so Sarah and Selby, do you, do you want to introduce yourselves? Sarah, to go for that. it. Hi, I'm Sarah. I go by Serendipity Cosplay um, on all of my different social media. Um, I've been cosplaying for about seven and a half years. Um, and uh, I'm a licensed cosmetologist. I do hair and makeup professionally. Um, that goes from like hair color cuts, bridal makeup, bridal hair, prom hair. Um, I guess within the cosplay community, um, I, my strong suits are definitely more with the makeup and the wig styling. Um, that caters more into my passions, and that's just sort of where I put a lot of my um, focus, and I feel like I really thrive. But, of course, I'm still, you know, learning and growing in my, you know, foam smithing and, you know, sewing and all that. But that's kind of where my niche is, I guess, within the cosplay community, which is another thing. There's many different ways and focuses um, within cosplay. Um, but for me, I had a relatively sort of similar story to Lachlan. My first character I ever cosplayed actually was Pinkie Pie as well. I didn't get my wig um, in a store. I actually got it on eBay. I literally searched for hundreds and hundreds of wigs. And I was like, I, I have to find the right color because I was just so particular of getting that perfect pinky shade. And I just remember like getting it in the mail. And I still have the video on my old laptop from high school of me putting on my wig for the first time. And that was like my first... <laughs> Uh, cosplay wig Aww. I've ever gotten and I oh my gosh it's so funny watching because I had no idea how to put on like the netted wig cap and it was like just stuck on my face <laughs> I didn't use any bobby pins I don't think it was just oh gosh you wore it to school once I too. did we had, it was so cute we, we had spirit week and we had like a superhero day and I was like you know what Pinkie Pie is my superhero so I'm going to be Pinkie Pie and so they took Aww. pictures of me. They didn't put it in the yearbook, and that probably was a good thing because it was very cringy. But, you know, <laughs> I had fun, and I felt pretty, and that's all that matters. So um, that was a fun experience. Uh, my first convention was Bonsai Con 2012, and that actually, um, Lachlan had a uh, an Ask a Pony panel, and she had invited me to be part of it because, we, you know, we both went to the same high school and we were talking about it. She's like, I'm going to be Fluttershy, and I'm going to be emceeing this panel, and you should be Pinky. And I'm like... Okay, cool. So I ended up being late um, to the convention. I had some family matters uh, uh, show up, so I was a little bit behind. But I just, like, rolled into the con. I didn't even get my badge. I just, like, went straight for whatever. I think it was, like, panel room B or something. And everyone's like, oh, it's Pinky. And I'm like, I'm here. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm, like, freaking out. And I got to chase people around and, and as Pinky. And I just answered questions and it was a lot of fun. That was like the first thing I've ever done at a convention in cosplay. Like I wore my cosplay one time to school and then like the first time at a convention, I was just like, okay, I'm in a panel. I don't even know what a panel is. I'm just here. Oh, people are asking us questions. Okay, I will just be as in character as possible and try not to crap my pants. So, <laughs> so. it worked. That was, that was the first ever Ask a Pony panel. 
ever. That's really? it was the first ever ask. It was. <laughs> it was at Bonsai Con twenty in the old days. Um, we made crusty. That history. was the. First, <laughs> it was. That was the first ever Ask a Pony panel, and it was we Sarah and I. We were both on it, and my friend Erin was on it too. And yesterday was our was our friendship anniversary. Aww. But the the panel, the panel was. Was kind of super super cringy. I mean, and it was the first I think, of its time, so. <laughs> I mean, at the time, we, Sarah and I we were making history. I mean, everybody who attended was just so excited to have something like that that it didn't even matter how embarrassing it was looking back now. But you know, at the time, it was it was innovative. Beautiful way to put it. You're giving us way too much credit. Since and before you knew it. How many Ask Pony panels have we done? Oh, I, at least 10. I mean, we've done all sorts of different variations. I mean, we do like three per convention. Yeah, I know. Like, there's too many. Haven't you done like uh haven't you done like like the yes. this kind yeah. of stuff where it was yeah, like. We so, yeah. did that in Colorado too. There's just, there's so many. Um, for people that don't speak horse, I just I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> that's right, that's so the ask a pony, <laughs> the hey. the ask a pony um, panel is basically where all like all the cosplayers. I'm not particularly a cosplayer, you know. Obviously, um, Lachlan wants me to try to dress up sometime. But anyway, um, please. I, I mean, if you get the costume ready, sure, whatever. Okay, like, good. I will. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so the. Like, it's kind of like a princess party, except it's a panel, so, like, everyone comes into a room, and all the, all, all the girls are in this, in these great, like, you know, anthro costumes, I guess, because they're ponies, so they're, like, human versions of the characters, um, with little ears, and then they answer questions in character, pretending to be the characters, and, um, you know, that's generally the gist, I think the variations, like, correct me if I'm wrong, or, like, like, you know, like, a group of characters that are sisters or a group of character that group of characters that are princesses like mm-hmm. you know whatever whatever the convention needs specifically but mm-hmm. but yeah um and then Shelby don't forget to introduce yourself too so. I I won't I was just waiting for my turn hi <laughs> I'm Shelby Shelbini cosplay most of my little tags are either Shelbini cosplay or Shelbini 143 depending on what is available yeah <laughs> Um, so I've been cosplaying since 2008, <laughs> but I've been sewing since 2002. I've been sewing since I was 12 because as a kid, my, um, my mom would sew and I was fascinated by it. And so every year she'd be like, what do you want to do for Halloween? And almost every year she would make a costume for me. And it got to the point where I was like, designing my own variation on Princess Jasmine's costume for my mom to make. And then my mom got tired of it and said, hey, guess what? You're getting sewing lessons for your birthday. And that was the end of my mom making (laughs) costumes for me. (laughs) But um, yeah, I've been sewing for the majority of my life at this point. I've been cosplaying longer than the children that I'm teaching right now have been alive, which is great. (laughs) (laughs) And um. Yeah, so I, I'm also a makeup artist. I've been uh, doing people's makeup and selling makeup for a couple of years. My main goal is to be a voice actor because voices are really what draws me into most mediums. And it's something that I just really love mm. doing. I love focusing on voices and trying something new. And 
getting into character. Those are the things that I really like. So I like that cosplay combines all of those aspects for me. It gives me the opportunity to uh, make something with my hands. And a lot of times with cosplay, if I don't know how to do something, I figure it out. I just, I, I hit things until they start to work. And um, then <laughs> I like the aspect of getting to find a character that I relate to so I can figure out those different improv activities that we're going to do in character and then focusing on the voice so that you can do that for an extended period of time. I've, I've had like exactly three shows hit me like My Little Pony and it's My Little Pony and then um, Gravity Falls and now DuckTales has hit me pretty hard. <laughs> Man. Oh, DuckTales. <laughs> Dipping down for Della Duck. Oh, Della Duck. Now? Dipping down for Della. Dipping ducks. Oh, Della. <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> We're nerds. <laughs> You're in the right place. This is like oh. lit. Um, okay, so I'll I'll do more questions, I guess. Um so like I guess the fun question, I'll go a little bit out of order, and if Lauren you think of questions too, please tell me to shut up. Um so can you like I don't know if you guys <laughs> okay. For people that are listening and not Googling stuff, because, you know, cosplay is a really visual thing, obviously. Like, I'm always, like, flabbergasted because, like, all three of you guys are, like, really amazing. And, like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, and, like, Sarah will, looks like she's buying prom dresses for her, like, horse cosplays as, as princesses and stuff like that. And I'm like, yo, where do they get all this money to buy this stuff, yo? Like, I'm just here. It's called the thrift store. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is my heaven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I guess that's yep. no. So I suppose the answer is one of the questions I was going to ask, which was, where do you find your cosplay materials? It, it, so again, it's a little bit of going to Joanne's, shopping on eBay, um, Amazon. But a lot mm -hmm. of times, I've I've straight up made costumes out of bed sheets and curtains before. Mm -hmm. So, me me too. <laughs> and see, I. I'm going to fashion school or, you know, I'm, I'm almost done with my fashion degree and a lot of my fashion materials actually came from dead people. And I know that that sounds oh, really wow. weird, but when I was going to school in Colorado, uh, old people would die. <laughs> as they do, as they do, as they do, <laughs> and their families would be like, okay, I have all of this really, really nice fabric from grandma. And all of these sewing supplies. And I don't want this. I don't sew. So they would donate it to my university. And that is how I got a lot of really good fabric. I got some very expensive raw silk. Like a lot of it. And I got just all kinds of different beautiful fabrics. And beautiful trims. And zippers. And pins. And supplies. And shears and really anything that i needed from dead people <laughs> they're not using and it there's there's a <laughs> it's true well there's a lot there's a lot of stigma around you know using the the stuff of of dead people and a lot of people at my school didn't want those supplies even though they were great and amazing just because you know somebody had died and i wasn't worried about that. I wasn't worried about having a haunted cosplay. Oh my God. Oh I my mean, gosh, it's not that like, like the just best they, they... panel ever. 
But it's not like they died in the <laughs> my... clothes that you were actually getting. It's just their wardrobe, you know? Or right, just their exactly. fabric stash. Yeah. yeah. Or their fabrics. And, I mean, sometimes they would bring in their wardrobe if they had, you know, pretty dresses that could be altered. And I would use those, too. My uh, Demera Megado cosplay from Homestuck uh, is actually 100% made out of fabric that belonged to a dead grandma. So, yeah, and that character is not really um, probably the most family friendly. So I apologize to I apologize to whoever's dead grandma had to be made into a sailor schoolgirl homestuck troll. Oh my god! Uniform. It sounds like you're like <laughs> at gaining her, where you're just like I made her clothes into, or I made her skin into cosplays. <laughs> I know, I know, but it it did freak a lot of people out that I was making costumes out of materials that belong to the deceased, just because there's there's such a taboo around using things or bringing like machines or stuff into your house that were were used maybe in the room where somebody died, and that's you know Rachel and I we talk about death a lot, so it's it's not something that really concerns me, but. That is how I've saved a whole lot of money. That and the thrift store. So the the thrift store was actually right across from my school back in Colorado and right next to the Casa Bonita. So if I didn't get all my, my free fabrics from the university, then I could just run over to the thrift store at any time and get whatever I needed. I was in the thrift store constantly I would get patterns I think patterns are the biggest thing that I got from the thrift stores because you can find Mm. some really really good vintage patterns too Mm -hmm. and my whole thing as a fashion designer and as a cosplayer I love vintage inspired clothing so that's that's something that's great for me if I can find an actual pattern from the 50s if I can find actual dresses from the 50s that I can alter and make work for cosplay or just for a fashion design in general then that's amazing because I don't have a lot of money I have to pay for college I have to pay for bills I moved to Africa I live in Africa what time is it for you Lachlan right now it is uh 504 a.m i woke up at 4 a.m i am currently sitting in bed but i'm i'm happy to be here and i love you guys so the things the things she does jumping back on the uh the thrift store thing i think that thrift stores are actually a great place to find costume pieces not only because you can find unique costume pieces Mm -hmm. but because it helps with the whole fast fashion fast fashion trend because mm-hmm. you know yes. there's so many places mm-hmm. where you can go and you can buy clothes like forever 21 and h&m you can get them real cheap but it's contributing to the waste in our environment so going to the thrift store and using things that have had a previous life and are now going to get a new life in your cosplay or your work it definitely helps a lot with our environment so that's a nice thing yes it's also a good place mm-hmm. to start for beginners too, especially if you feel like you ha- have a specific budget and maybe you're not comfortable sewing something 100% from scratch. You can find a lot of like really solid pieces or even materials like um, like my Princess Luna, uh, my new costume I made, my bodice. I got that from a dress at Goodwill. Um, 
there's like different pieces that you can modify. Like you just got a jacket that you're like modifying to do for Adora from she yeah. So like there's a bunch of different um, opportunities there at Goodwill. And sometimes you'll just like find a piece and that, that's it. You found your pants that you need or the <laughs> shoes or the jewelry. And that is like the most satisfying thing because it's like you didn't even have to work for it. You just walked in and walked out and you have magic in your arms and a smile on your face. <laughs> Life is good. You're living the dream. Man, so. I will say since I've started doing TikTok, I've done like like. 10 to 15 costumes in the past month and it's all been just like closet cosplays from Goodwill. And they're mm. they're pretty solid mm-hmm. considering the fact that it's just like you're spending a couple dollars here, a couple dollars there and you have a full cosplay. It highly recommend thrift stores. Yeah, like I mean, I know but people Me are like, "Oh, too. you're spending so much yeah, but- on like costumes or giving spend hundreds of dollars. You don't have to do that." There there's there's ways to cut corners and and I mean, and that's okay. There's no, there's no shame in that. There's nothing wrong with, you know, doing it on a budget. It's actually kind of smart. So more power to you if you try it. <laughs> that being said, have spent hundreds of dollars on yeah, costumes yeah, that's before. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to do that to be a real cosplayer. Like, yeah. you whip it out of your closet, too. Like, that's perfectly fine. I actually find it more satisfying the less money I spend on a costume, to be honest. Like, oh, yes. Something under a hundred dollar. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I love building big, sparkly cosplays. Mm -hmm. I loved my pre-marina. I love Mm -hmm. hand-drafting every pattern and blah, blah, blah. But it it takes a lot of work. And there's there's Mm -hmm. such a belief in the cosplay community. There's a lot of elitism that I'm not a fan of. Where it's, if you don't make every single aspect of your costume, if you don't cast every single resin gem, if you don't pattern everything and make it perfect, then you are not a real cosplayer and you don't deserve to to be here to compete or whatever. And that is just so harmful because, yeah, sometimes I will make costumes where I hand cast every resin gem and hand sew everything and use a ladder stitch and hand you know just do all the fancy couture fashion stuff but I love to closet cosplay I have a lot more fun it's fun to go thrift shopping it's fun to find things on sale it's you know it's fun and cosplay should be fun too it's not all about perfection and modeling and couture and as somebody who's provided wardrobe for for sets for music videos you know real costume designers we don't sew everything so much of costume designing is is basically closet cosplaying Mm -hmm. it's going to the thrift store it's going to estate sales it's altering things Mm -hmm. i use a lot of the skills that i learned from closet cosplaying you know distressing things uh, painting, using fabric dyes, and I use that in my my jobs now. Mm. I mean, I'm not working now, clearly, because I'm on lockdown, and for the past two months, I was not even allowed to leave my house, but, you know, that's mm. that's the thing. The, the elitism in the cosplay community is just run rampant, and it's kind of sucked the fun out of it all, so when I, when I come back, cosplay is just just have fun i'm just gonna have fun with it now i think that's a good i think that's a good takeaway in general um but backtracking um a little bit so um how do you guys because i know a lot of you guys are you know like 
like Sarah can like professionally do like legit legit stuff like you know just an example so like how do you guys gain your skills slash where would you um suggest maybe like like 14 13 year olds if they am like I want to make a costume but I don't know how to sew I don't know how to do makeup like you know I don't know. I don't know if there's like some secret cosplay website that you guys like all like used or something like that. Actually, yeah, we do. We have a super secret website. It's called YouTube. Um, I'm I'm not joking though. Like I go on YouTube all the time to look up different makeup looks or techniques. Hot glue has been a hot commodity for quick costumes. I mean, if you just want to turn a seam under and then stick some hot glue on it and hold it till it dries, that's a really easy way to fake sewing. Um, I haven't had a working sewing machine for, uh, since BronyCon, since before BronyCon, I had to hand sew a lot of my costumes for BronyCon this year. Um, so I did Mm. like a full project with the Goodwill down in Charleston where I had to do like three costumes a week and I didn't sew, I didn't sew except for hand sew or serging anything. Everything I used was like stitch witchery. (laughs) <laughs> or some other kind of like iron on thing. So there are plenty of ways to get around not being able to sew. Mm-hmm. There are tutorials everywhere. And that's yeah. what YouTube is great for. Because I mean, I've I've gone onto YouTube to learn how to make foam armor. Uh, my Nightmare Moon costume was the first costume where I did like actual full on foam pieces. So that was something that was, you know, very useful for me. And even like, on DeviantArt or Pinterest, um, anywhere, just looking it up. Like, um, cosplayers nowadays have a really huge fortune because now we have so much information and so much, um, so many different techniques at our fingertips. Like, all you have to do is just put in the effort to search for it, but it, it's there. I, I feel for cosplayers like 10, 20, 40 years ago that really just didn't have access to all the resources that we have now. Like, now Michaels is selling EVA foam and stuff like that. And I'm like, what? You mean to tell me they have, like, mm. you know, a specific cosplay section at Joanne's? Like, that that wasn't even something, like, eight years it ago. It wasn't. That's so, so it's, new. it's really growing, and it's it's really, really cool. So, I mean, I, I promise you, you can find tutorials for almost anything out there or you might even like find someone online that you can ask questions i know many cosplayers who are including us who are more than welcome to answer Mm -hmm. questions that people might have give some encouragement um you teach a thing or two like that's why we do panels and i I know some conventions like film them that way you can get some information that way and um see what is out there just to sort of get started Mm -hmm. like it's it's really just a big vast world out there so don't ever feel kind of like lost if anything i'd be more scared because there's so much information it's like ah like where do i go be a little overwhelming sometimes but i know like arda has a has a youtube channel so you can learn how to style and take care of your arda wig Mm -hmm. which is specifically for cosplay from arda or from cosplayers who have worked with them like uh, there are so many resources out there that are catered specifically to our wants needs and interests and Honestly, like whenever I'm looking for inspiration for makeup, I just will like type in something crazy and watch a video and then I have an inspiration to do something completely different. Mm-hmm. It's the world is amazing now. <laughs> a lot of the stuff can be very character specific too. It, it may not even be like a general wig thing. Like you can like I want to cosplay as Mother Gothel. How do I curl a Mother Gothel wig? And so it'll even like give you like a step-by-step like how to cut her little her little baby hairs that are her little face framing pieces and whatnot. Like there's there's a whole bunch of different 
you know it's really cool so like you can even like bring it down to the character in a lot of cases to find like more um niche areas of tutorials that you're looking for so ah technology Mm -hmm. technology i love it (laughs) and um so pinterest for me is something that i'm in love with and i didn't always i didn't always used to be this way but after (laughs) going after going to fashion school Mm -hmm. um where we we have to make all of these mood boards and concept boards and save images and really do everything to make a fashion line or make a costume line for like professional costume design but i also use pinterest for cosplay i have so many cosplay inspiration boards just filled with tutorials and it's so easy to organize i i love pinterest so much <laughs> That's me on Instagram. So, like yes, no, with Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have so much saved. Just use the bookmark. <laughs> Guys, the number of things I found on TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. I have been too. surprised that I found, yep. like, I found a, a, a make your own fabric paint with acrylic paint and, like, fabric softener. I'm sorry, what? Thing? Yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, was, okay, so forewarning, it does take a lot of mixing and you do have to mix water in there and you pretty much have to constantly mix it. But I did my Louie hoodie, which was like a teal color that would not die. I tried so hard to get it to die. But I mixed the fabric paint, the fabric softener and the water and I painted that whole thing. And by golly, that thing was opaque and it it smells like a grandma. Because it was Did you a mean will? <laughs> no, no, Sarah, you haven't walked up into my costume room, but you walk up there, and because of the summer heat and the fact that there's no air conditioning there, it smells like crazy. Grandma Bertha. It does. I don't even have a Grandma Bertha. But yeah, no, guys, fabric softener, acrylic paint, and water. It is. Mm, I was surprised. That sounds amazing. See, I when I first got here over the summer, um, I was because it's winter right now because I'm near the South Pole. Penguins live here, but um, <laughs> we were we were doing things with natural dyes. So I was I was boiling like lettuce and celery and kale mm. and crushing up bug wings and mm. doing all of this this weird hippy dippy dye stuff to <laughs> to dye a dress green <laughs> and my and my whole house for all because again this summer heat you know it's it's january and it's about 90 degrees fahrenheit outside and I have my windows open, and it's like my whole house smells like just disgusting soup. The dress is so pretty, and it's and it's sparkly because of the iridescent bug wings. My house smells like soup. If you do the cooking by the book. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess the next question. Um, we'll keep it a little short. Um, but what are what's your most for each one of you, which has been your most challenging costume to to work on? Ooh, pre-marina. Okay, describe like the pre-marina. work that put into that, and like what is a pre-marina for people who might uh, not know who that character is. So, pre-marina <laughs> is a Pokemon. She is the final evolution of Poplio. So I was doing the whole Poplio evolution project. So I started with Poplio, and then I did Brion, and then I went to pre-marina, and. The whole project wasn't supposed to take so long, 
but I ended up getting really, really, really sick. And so it just kept getting delayed and delayed. And by the time I got to pre-marina, I, my cosplay skills has, had grown exponentially. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I know how to make patterns. I have been in fashion school. I'm going to go to the fabric district. I'm going to gonna do all of this. So my friend Adam took me to the fabric district in LA. And this is when, when you and I hung out too, okay. Rachel. Because I remember we were trying to trying to shove all my fabric in my suitcase. And I think you had to sit on it while that I That sounds about it right. I don't remember, though. But. but yeah, yeah. And so it was all of these sequins. And working with sequins is a nightmare. We call them craft herpes. Mm. I used to mm-hmm. get texts. <laughs> I used to get texts from um, my professor being like, hey, you need to come sweep up the sequins. I know that you've been in here because I see sequins. Get a vacuum. Get a Swiffer. I love you, Lachlan. But I know it's you. I know it's you spreading the craft herpes. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. So, you know, I had to learn how to sew through sequins. So making sure I didn't break needles. I was using industrial machines. So that helped me a whole lot. Because when I was doing Princess Sky Star, oh. it did not work out. That didn't work out as much as I planned no. because I, I, didn't, I didn't have the industrial machines. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the skills needed to, to sew the sequins. But pre-Marina, it's like, okay, I did Sky Star. I learned from Sky Star. Now I, now I know how to do some sequins. And then I, I did hand cast a bunch of resin gems. I added glitter and I was really trying to get an effect um, to make it look, look, to make them look real. And I styled the wig and the wig was big and beautiful. I, I just put so much effort in that costume. And I wore it at Anime Expo and I had to have my friend pretty much uh, tape me up. So I was not falling out of the costume because I couldn't really wear a bra <laughs> underneath it because it was backless because I'm not, I'm not the, the smartest person when it comes to designing. It did fit at the time, but because of my illness, I had lost a lot of weight. So we had to do some emergency fixing in the hotel room, but I, I worked so hard on that cosplay and it turned out beautifully I looked like a disco ball like I I was just amazing and yeah it just that was the hardest cosplay that I've ever done and I did it while I was incredibly sick too but it turned out beautifully and I'm so proud of it I'm glad that's the one that you brought up too because that's probably my most favorite costume that you've made to date like it looked so crisp and clean and like you could tell like even in your photos that you felt confident and that you you felt beautiful like you could really really feel that through your pictures like because you can you can see those kinds of things even as a cosplayer viewing another person like you can tell so I'm really glad you said that because it really does show that you put a lot of hard work in that costume I genuinely mean that yeah well I felt like a goddess in it too I just I, I was really inspired by Greek mythology mm-hmm. and by Aphrodite because when designing original costumes, which is what I love to do, it's why I love cosplaying ponies so much. Mm-hmm. I love to dehumanize characters. I love to design costumes. That's my job. I'm a costume designer. 
So just just cosplaying, you know, a character from an anime or something isn't going to do much for me because I didn't design that outfit. I don't have that same connection to it. But, you know, finding the, the Greek goddess inspiration, doing research on, on pinnipeds, on seals, and doing research on ballerinas and opera singers and pulling it all together for Primarina because, you know, that, that's her whole thing. She's, she's a, a prima donna. She's a singer. And she's also a seal. So <laughs> I just, I, I felt amazing in that cosplay. And it, it, definitely, it definitely showed, especially since I was so, so sick at the time. And I had accomplished something major. Mm-hmm. And I had just found out about um, me moving to Africa. So, and this was, this was about a year ago. This was around the 4th of July. So it, it'll be a year ago, um, you know, this, this coming 4th. But, mm. oh, I'm in love with that costume still. Um, I guess for me... Um... I guess my most challenging to date would be my Nightmare Moon costume. That was my first film armor costume, and I was mm. super, super excited. I remember, like, when I first got into ponies, um, I always knew I wanted to eventually cosplay her, but I just had so many different ideas for it. And then um, I just, like, one day it hit me in 2017, and I was like, okay, this is this is what I'm going to do. Um, and so it took me about, you know, two years to really finally pull it all together. But I had a lot of difficulties just patterning things from scratch I was really struggling um I know a lot of people say the same thing but I differentiate it as craft foam and EVA foam because to me the EVA foam is the thicker kind and I was having Mm -hmm. a lot of issues figuring out how to pattern that and really heat sculpt that and I didn't really realize that you really had to break down into smaller smaller sections because of how stubborn it is but I ended up just layering craft foam or using kind of like I, I don't know what the the literal um thicknesses but it's basically like the thickness of like three sheets of craft foam but like in one um and just sort of just layering and doing it that way i mean i'm sure anybody else will say it was more complicated but it was easier for me to individually heat sculpt each piece and then layer them but i did everything from scratch i used file folders to make the pattern pieces for what i was doing i first i finally learned how to use like plastic dip and um priming stuff and like for the bra that I did, I did uh, like dragon scales and I had like individually cut each little scallop piece and like glued it onto the bra. I did that like in the hotel room after going to prepare more concert. I was like vibing in the hotel room. <laughs> um, and I just, I wanted to have this beautiful iridescent sheen. I'm incredibly picky. Anybody who knows me knows that I have really high standards it's for true. my own work. I'm crazy. I'm absolutely insane. <laughs> And every single iridescent spray paint I found that I wanted a blue-purple shift. Every single one had green in it. And I just could not purchase it because there was green and that wasn't a Nightmare Moon color to me. (laughs) And so I was working at a hair store at the time. And when I was on one of my shifts, I was just like putting away nail polish because I have like a bunch of cosmetics. And I see this nail polish that had that blue and purple holographic iridescent sheen. And I just was like, am I seriously going to do this? And I sat there and I was like, I'm crazy. Yes, I'm going to do this. So (laughs) all in all, it took me about like 10 bottles. I used eight bottles of the iridescent. And then I used two bottles of this like deep midnight blue to paint literally 
nail polish layers all over my armor. So I'd have like my base spray painted color, which was like that sky blue. And then I put the layer on top because the main reason why I wanted to do that iridescent shift was because I could never tell in the animation if her armor was like a light blue or if it was lavender. Was it periwinkle? I don't know. And I... Bronies like to tear apart cosplays, people who don't even cosplay. Ugh. And I mean, they can feel how they want. They're entitled to their own opinion, but it does kind of like suck because it's like, I put all this hard work and you can't even just like let it just exist. Like, why do you have to nitpick? Like, Shut up, dude. Like, I haven't seen you make you, a costume. You don't, know, by you don't know what we go through. So I, I didn't want someone to be like, why is your armor purple? It's supposed to be blue. Why is your armor blue? It's supposed to be purple. So I was like, I'm going to just do both. <laughs> I wanted to do something sparkly and shiny, like Lachlan was saying. Like, it, it's more fun to have glittery costumes. And I, I've never worked so hard on that costume and I almost gave up multiple times, but I was so, so determined because we were doing a villains panel that we had been talking about for years. Um, and so I, I, I like the helmet was just, that was very difficult, but I, I found a way to modify the design to kind of fill in the places where I made mistakes. So I think I did a very good job of hiding them. Um, but I, I, I had a lot of fun with the makeup, too. And I when I, like, finally looked at myself in the mirror at the convention, I was like, oh, thank God. Because I was so scared. It was the most expensive costume I've ever made. And I just, I've never put so much, like, nitty-gritty detail into every single thing. Like, I was, like, hand-placing little gems and crap and just going. And, like, I had to modify a couple pieces because it was messing with um, some of my physical illnesses, too. So I had to modify my design last minute. And I was... You know, it was it was just I was kind of paranoid about it, but I found I found a way to kind of make the pieces really modular, so it was easier to take apart and easy to transport, um, just so I wouldn't you know be dying mm -hmm. while wearing it because I try to be as comfortable as I can in my costumes if I can help it. Um, but just seeing that final result and seeing it come together, like I really felt like I was a, a different person and I was really in the shoes of the character. And so even though it was incredibly challenging, it was also very rewarding because I I learned like so much about myself and what I am capable of. And I learned so many skills that I'm excited to put mm -hmm. forth in a future project. So, I mean, all in all, it was it was a really tough experience, but I'm very thankful for it. I'm thankful that I had the resilience within myself to take on the challenge and do something new. That's always really fun within cosplay. You're so beautiful. Oh, I could you. just see all of your hard work. I was like, I had it on my phone and I would like <laughs> zoom in and be like, oh, oh, yes. The tiny. Oh, yes. Gosh. Yes. So, oh my gosh, my room smelled like nail polish for two weeks. Like, I got back home from BronyCon. Yeah. I had the windows left open while I was gone at the convention. I told my parents, I was like, do not close these windows. Because I was inhaling nail polish. I would go to work, because it took me like two or three days like, to finish nail polishing everything. And I was tasting it in my mouth on oh. my lunch break. Like, it was it was everywhere. So I came back, and for two weeks, it was still reeking. And I was like, now I know why people tell you to, like, wear masks and stuff. I probably have, like, two brain yes, cells Sarah. left. But, you know, at least I did the thing. <laughs> you know, even though my room probably still smells like nail polish, like over a year later, it's fine. You know, but make sure you wear protective gear and, and open your windows, yes! please. Oh my gosh, please. I uh, yeah. I rant I rant about that all the time. I have a professional grade respirator for for different That's things. I have one for organic materials. Yeah. I have one for like dying naturally. I have one for you know, working with, with aerosols. Mm. So you guys are going to hear my respirator rant, not today, <laughs> but in person. Cause I will, I will take you, I will take you guys when I get back, I will take both of you to go get some good respirators yeah. because girls, we need them. So we don't go crazy. Please. And thank you. 
I mean, these six thousand kills brain cells. I can't oh my imagine. Goodness. Like it's so so magical though. I, it, I can see six thousand. At least the the good <gasps> thing about all this virus stuff where people have <laughs> now have face masks. So when it's over, you know, like, but you know. <laughs> Just sitting there. It on still isn't the quite the same when you're uh, spray painting no. the hell out of so- sorry hecaroni when you're spray painting the hecaroni <laughs> out of something, um, and and you're just like surrounded by these fumes. And a lot of times, if you're living in an apartment or something, you can't go to an outer space to do mm-hmm. it. Like you can't go mm-hmm. outside. You're stuck right. in your apartment or your bathroom or your little teeny tiny patio, and it's just. Having a respirator mm. is super helpful. Please don't die, friends. It's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. I definitely think when I get back, I want to just run a cosplay safety panel. We need more of those, honestly. I've never seen one. Well, that's a good idea. I haven't either. I, well, I, I, I would love to run one because, you know, know you I worked in laboratories yeah. and we, we, need to, we need to educate people because we cannot keep losing our brain cells. Yeah. Mm-mm. You know those PSAs that you know that uh, you know it's almost like the ones that the, the company PSAs that that people you know that people buy for like uh, employee safety and stuff. You need to make one for like cosplay. Oh yeah, <laughs> to that degree, just that, like all the do's and don'ts yeah. of cosplay and safety, and just like don't do this, and it's like all hot glue gun. Don't do this. <laughs> Drop hammer on head. Oh boy. <laughs> I've had some hot glue pro like mm-hmm. I've gotten oh, so glue. burned by hot glue guns before. Ooh. Don't you love when it blisters on your fingers and you still Ooh. have to do more crafting? Oh. The worst one was when we were making our Christmas sweaters. Oh and I went no. to go put one of my trees down and it the hot yes. glue got all over my hand and it was a lot of glue because it was like a three or four inch tall Ooh. pine tree. Mm-hmm. And I went straight to the sink and like started doing the safety stuff and then wrapped it. I wrapped this thing in saran wrap and it was fine the next day. But man, if I hadn't taken care of it immediately, that would have been atrocious. Oof. We did a lot of hot gluing that night. We did. we did so much. We made a whole memory book for no reason. <laughs> It's <laughs> really like Gravity Falls in our little corner of the world. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, just be careful with like hot anything, especially if you're going to be like, it's going to be close to your face or close to your hands or anything. Just be careful. Just, just yeah, be I... cautious. I mean, it, it, the burns are inevitable. Just be quick and, and careful about it. You know, about yeah. tending be to Be careful it. with Gorilla Glue too, because that stuff will like, you can Gorilla Glue your fingers Ooh. together. And that's really scary. It has happened to me Oh before. my God. In two seconds, it'll <laughs> it's happen. It's not fun. <sighs> Yeah. But anyway. Oh, is it my turn? Yes, your turn. <laughs> okay, so yes! I was literally like scrolling through Instagram trying to remember yeah. what costumes I've made. Like Sarah can attest, she looked over. I was just like scrolling through because I can't. <laughs> I've made so many costumes at this point that I can barely remember what I've made. Um, and a lot of times <laughs> I'm a speed cosplayer. So my strongest point is I look at a costume and I figure out how I can make it in the least amount of time. Um. So a lot of times my my builds will take me sometimes it'll take me 2 weeks, sometimes it'll take me a day. It just depends on what the project is and how much detail there is. I I guess the one that I've put the most detail into is my Frozen Fever Anna costume because I did Anna and Elsa for mm. a, we we had a party that we were doing and we had to have them both 
specifically for that party. And there were like, like 20 sunflowers that we had to embroider around the skirt. And this was before there was a frozen fever pattern Mm -hmm. because the movie had just come out. Like this was what, 2013, 2014. Yeah. So it had only just come out. We only, Mm. the only reference pictures that I had were a uh, little picture book that was a kid's picture book that was like, happy birthday, Anna. That was my entire, like, how I got that costume together. I had to draft the skirt. I had to draft the vest. I had to hand embroider. I had to machine embroider. There's rhinestones on it. I, the the Elsa cape is, I drafted a pattern for it, and then I had to draw out the flower designs on there. And then I put that down on, I oh, put wow. a, like, drop cloth mm-hmm. on the ground and then pinned the cape down and I had to paint it with fabric paint and then put glitter on it and then seal it. And this was like for the entire cape. So, um Oh my gosh. Yeah. I it was it was a project for sure, but I mean the outcome was really beautiful. I know that I've spent more time working on things though, and I've I'm sure that I have projects that I'm more proud of, but I look at every project that I do as a stepping stone in my journey. So, so much of the time Mm -hmm. I forget how much effort I put into like my first Elsa dress because there, like I had to make individual scales out of vinyl and glue that onto the dress. Um, My first Anna dress I made in two days, I drew out the designs and went to my friend who had an embroidery machine and uh, we fed the designs in there and like made it all in a day. I I don't even oh, wow. know which one I've put the most love and effort into because at this point I've probably made at least 60 or 70 costumes. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> so Yeah, I'm like I have a picture. I'm like I, I'm looking at a picture of your of your Anna Frozen Fever costume right now and yeah, I'm it's just a like, lot of wow. detail. Just the skirt alone and Yeah, I'm just and like, oh. you can't see it, but there are individual rhinestones in mm-hmm. the skirt as well. And Mm. Uh, I think I had to, uh, I'm not looking at it right now, but I think that there is a line that zigzags around like a bee. It does, yeah, yeah. And I think there are little bees on it. I had yeah, to hand embroider it. that because there was no way for me to do that on the machine. Yeah, so it was oh, a lot man. of hand embroidery and a lot of machine embroidery. Yeah, that's Thank you, your pens for our sins. <laughs> Okay, um, I had a kind of a, a question, and, and then I guess Lauren, you can ask a um, you can ask the question after this. I don't know; it doesn't matter. But um, kind of ad libbing. So generally, um, I know people um have different etiquette around cosplayers and what to do and what not to do. Um, I was just going to ask your opinion about what you guys would tell people to do and not to do and what is the correct like not really protocol but like what are the correct manners when like asking for a picture you know like stuff that doesn't make things Mm -hmm. awkward essentially for any age first and foremost always ask before you take a picture it's it's not okay for us to be like sitting eating our lunch and you just sort of like sneak a little cell phone picture over there it's just we want to be in our best possible position and and put together. We don't want to be sprawled out when you're taking a picture. A lot of times, if you just say, hey, I really like your costume. Do you mind if I take a picture? We'll do it. Like, it's it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, always ask. 
Um, the cosplayer is not the character, so if you're mad at Sunset <laughs> Shimmer, don't take it out oh on the poor gosh. cosplayer. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. it is so much. And I mean, like, I only choose, well, I mostly choose characters that I relate to. So if somebody wants to ask me a, a in-character question, I'll answer it in-character, especially for kids. But yeah. so much of the time, like, especially in the past, like, three or four conventions that we've done, People will come up and they're like, Twilight Sparkle, what do you think of this? Will you be my waifu? No, I, I will not. Please um, <laughs> please understand that I am a person too. And I love that you want to role play as well. But um, please also understand how your question made me uncomfortable. Oh my gosh, exactly. Like, I, I had a lot of problems... When I cosplay Fluttershy, because oh, that's the I, worst I'm one. a good, I'm a very good Fluttershy. I also voice Fluttershy for a lot of KP's projects. Mm. So you know, I and I'm a zoologist, among other things. So I, I'm a pretty good Fluttershy, but it makes me so uncomfortable the amount of men who, who think that I'm the real Fluttershy. And I've been, I've been, first of all, I've been confused for Andrea Libman, which is very flattering. It's very <laughs> flattering. But when you have people coming around being like, Andrea, Andrea, will you sign? Andrea, will you sign this? Will you sign? I'm like, I'm not Andrea. Yeah, I get that too sometimes. I had someone asked me that <laughs> yeah. once when we were walking back from BrodyCon. They were talking and I was like, um, excuse me, I need to move. And he's like, Andrea? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm flattered. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I have actually I have actually been next to Andrea. I think we were going to dinner or something at Nightmare Nights. And I a Brony a Brony stopped us and he looked at me and he goes, Wait a minute. I thought you were Andrea. And then he looks at Andrea and goes, But you're Andrea? <laughs> and, and all I could think of was like, are there any other Squidwards I need to know about? <laughs> Poor Andrew. But 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 one of one of the biggest the biggest things that kind of gets on my nerves is when people try to stop me for for pictures or just to talk. And I I love to talk. I'm a very friendly person. But when I'm trying to get back to my hotel room, or if I'm trying to go to dinner, or if I'm trying to spend time with my friends, um. I I used to have a lot of people and I have I have problems setting up boundaries like this because I never want to be unkind to somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. But when I'm sitting with a with a group of friends and we're just having a discussion and fans come up and kind of just hover around and I yeah I don't know how to politely say, "Hey, this is a this is a friend only event" because I I was a weird kid in high school, so I know what it's like to be the odd person out, and I never want to make somebody else feel bad. But when I'm having a private conversation at like a hotel restaurant during a com like a convention, um, it it gets awkward for me. It gets awkward having people standing around waiting to ask me a photo while I'm dressed up in cosplay and eating. I've had people sneak shots of me while yeah. I was eating 
because yeah. they didn't want to bother me. And it's just, please, first of all, don't ever sneak a shot of somebody. Because like Shelby said, we, we do want to look good and we'll pose and you'll get a great photo. But also realize that um, if I'm going back to my hotel room or I'm going to dinner or... I'm trying to run into the green room or or any of those things where where I need a break and I'm I'm disabled too. I have really severe narcolepsy, so I take a lot of naps. And having somebody ask me, you know, can I can I get a picture and me saying no, I'm going to take a nap. Um that often gets written off by by fans or just people in the community as me being incredibly rude. And me saying no to a picture or to a chat doesn't mean I don't like a person or that I'm not mm -hmm. grateful for their support, but mm -hmm. I have boundaries and I need to take care of mm -hmm. myself. I need to take care of my narcolepsy so I can be Pinkie Pie, so I can be Fluttershy and I don't turn into a soul-sucking changeling demon. Mood, yeah. We've, we've straight up had yeah. bronies try to invite themselves to lunches with our friends. Like, they'll ask us for a picture. Mm -hmm. We'll say yes because we're nice people. And then, um, like, it would be in the middle of a conversation while we're talking about, like, oh, let's, uh, let's go to Panera and get something to eat. And then once we finish taking the picture, we'll continue our conversation with our friends and have people try to invite themselves to, like, said meal with close friends and it's just like oh my god please understand the boundaries that are here i miss panera you miss mm. panera well when you come back we'll take you there what do you say nugget remember lachlan oh, i have there, there's a panera like so physically close for, to my apartment without saying where i live obviously it's so literally it's literally right there. i think you, i've been there yeah i probably been taken been there. visited <laughs> that one time you know if you like panera yeah, yeah, I hang out there in, in good, script. Everybody knows Panera. how much I love Panera. And I do sneaky things. Like, I'll buy a Panera cup, and then I'll just save it, and then I'll just walk in and get more soda. No one has to know. <laughs> so. Well, they do now. No one. It's fine. <laughs> Not if they take the shot. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> okay, um... <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we covered the basics. I mean, I could also like tell stories about that too. But yeah, just like don't do anything you're not supposed to do. Like, and especially um, asking for if like you can put your arm around a a woman, you know, like I Ooh. like don't kiss someone without their consent. Which don't well, kiss them at all. Period. Just don't, don't kiss someone. Don't breathe down their necks yeah. during a picture. Don't say. Mm, my queen. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, that's a story. If you would like, I can tell the story. It's slightly long, but not please. Okay, so please, please actually, I talk about this story a lot, and I'm glad that it's become the staple. It's like an inside joke because now, whenever anybody does something creepy, we're just like, my queen. My queen. Mm. So <laughs> this was at BabsCon 2018, I believe, and I was in my Queen Chrysalis cosplay. It is so long ago now, I might have messed up some of the details. But I was in the dealer's room, you know, just bugging it up, whatever. Bugging it up. <laughs> and this guy comes out of nowhere, and he's like, oh, Queen Chrysalis, you are my favorite villain. I am such a huge fan of you. And I'm just like, like, oh, God, 
Then like I, I just didn't even like you. I, I'm okay with being in character, but I was already kind of like this is cringe. I was like, do I want to give into the cringe and being in character? And I'm like, he's having so much fun. I'm gonna be nice for like five seconds. So I was like, oh, I thank you very much. I do appreciate your adoration or whatever I said. I don't know. But then he was like, can I get a picture with you? And I was like, I suppose or something like that. And he like he gets down on one knee and grabs my hand and kisses my hand in this picture. <laughs> Without my consent, I have a lot of anxiety. I have a lot of anxiety when it comes to men. Um, I'm married now, so I have a man in my life. But I I was dating him. But he's a good man. Yeah, he's a good man. He's he's a good man. We love him. But when you have instances like that, it just really freaks you out. So, like, I feel like I had, like, this period of, like, disassociation. Because I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, what's, like, what's happening? Like, I I just, it was, like, an out-of-body experience for me, like, the whole time. I was just freaking out. And then I think we took another picture or something. And he put his arm around me and we took a picture and then he's just like breathes on my neck and he goes my queen <laughs> and i just oh my gosh adam oh. was there with me he was holding my stuff and like i i think he was feeling what i was feeling like we were both just like <laughs> and before i can even like yell at the guy for like being gross he just like skittered off somewhere like they always move so fast all the creepy bromies always move so fast and you can't do anything so i'm like oh my god he just breathed down my neck and then i had like one of the show staff i'm not gonna name her on the podcast but she literally came to me from her booth and she was like asking me if i was okay like she had to try and like diffuse the situation a little bit like to take me away from this dude oh i was just like Oh my god. When you have to have someone from the show who works on the show have to like step in to stop a brony, you know there's a problem. Like so Well, think about oh it. Gosh, They've I'm seen sure, some I'm sure they've dealt with some things themselves, <laughs> being the actual people who work on the show. But like I saw um one of AC Race yeah. Fest um vlogs from the convention that same day, and he was talking to AC Race Fest. He's on the camera and he's talking normally. He does not sound creepy. He didn't try to kiss his hand or touch him or breathe down his neck. He sounded just like your average Joe Schmo. So I'm like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. What What is it about me wearing a costume that you just have to be so, like, disrespectful of my boundaries? And I just, like, I wanted to just kind of curl up in a ball and cry. Like, I just kept shuddering because I was like, I just felt this guy's breath mm. on my neck for, like, the rest of the day. It was really uncomfortable. There was another time that, that, like, the day before, I was in my, my, um, Madame Pinky costume, and some guy, like, talked to me about the details of my costume and complimenting it, and I was like, oh, thank you, you know, I just, I pulled most of this out of my closet besides the turban, but everything else I already had. It was, it was a closet cosplay, um, and it's one of my favorites, and he was like, oh, well, that's a really cool costume. Is <laughs> you? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know uh. you. I'm dating somebody, first of all. Secondly, I've literally been talking to you for maybe like seven seconds. Why are you asking to kiss me? So, it... so here's the rule of thumb, people. If you do not if, treat them like treat cosplayers like they are cast members at a Disney yeah. park, you wouldn't walk up to Ariel sitting there with security around her and ask her and ask her to kiss you know you for you to kiss her or anything so treat cosplayers as cast members you wouldn't do that in a disney park don't do it at a convention don't do it at any gathering that has cosplayers just, just uh, don't i've always ask for permission for things and I've even had then don't cronies them, that straight up don't ask and they oh, yeah. kiss me um the last mm-hmm. year of BronyCon, i was one of the mascots and uh there was a guy who came and he took a picture with all of us and then right at the end 
He kissed me on the cheek and then grabbed his stuff and ran away. I looked him square in the eyes and said, cosplay is not consent. Cosplay is not consent. I'm surprised Mm -hmm. that one of the um, staff members didn't run after him because that was, it was gross. It was wet. It was gross. There was this one guy, (gasps) the first BronyCon I went to, Mm -hmm. that... Mm, he 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 tried to hit it twice. Like, oh yeah, he, he um. You had the beard the first time. I had the beard. <laughs> you had the yeah. Star Swirl the beard. I the was beard. dressed like Star Swirl, and so we got a mouthful of beard oh. the first time. And then afterwards, I was like, I think that guy <laughs> tried to kiss me. Should have had the beard, man. And then he oh tried it again the um the last day when I was in Twy. Mm-hmm. He tried to come at my face again, and I I straight up told him no to the picture. Like he was like, "Can I have a picture with you?" And I said, "No, I'm I'm not taking pictures right now." And he's like, "Please, please, can I please have a picture?" And I said, "Okay, fine." And then I think that they had been doing this all weekend too, because I know that they did they they do it to you too, Sarah. Oh yeah, they, I see. And that's the other thing. Like when I when when things like that happen, like I have that like I get frozen and I get scared, so I just can't react to anything. And so I don't even realize it happens until after the fact, which is why I can't defend myself. And that's it, it makes mm. you feel guilty because you're like, why didn't I, I stand up for myself? But like, I, I have a lot of trauma. So for me, it was like being in a situation like that, it, I just completely freeze up. But it, it happened I, to me too. Yeah, I recognized him. So when yeah. he did it, I knew what was coming. So yeah. I don't know what his picture looked like, but I swerved so hard out of the way. That he did not get anything that time, and I was, and then I just gave him my hand and I said, "Thank you for your picture. Have a nice day," and and walked off with my friends because it was just incredibly uncomfortable. And at the time, I wasn't sure how to deal with that situation apart from just try to swerve the heck out of the way because no, they kissed our friend who was a minor too. She was like, mm-hmm. she was like 16. sixteen, yeah, and they they kissed her, and so one of my friends went after them and was like. Okay, no, you have no right to kiss her. She is, she's not a child, but like she's a child. She's underage. You should not be kissing her, especially without her consent. Like she told them off. And I'm like, thank God. Thank you for like doing that. Um, one of them actually like added themselves out to me on Twitter last year. Oh my gosh, we and finally found like, him. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I, um. I recognized her username and I would interact with them constantly. And I'm like, I had no idea, but thank you for outing yourself to me because we've been trying to find the like yes, one out of two of you we, for years. Oh, <laughs> this this is the guy yeah. who, who kissed like that one year with the beard. Um, and we were trying to remember what his name was for staff, yeah. but we couldn't remember. And then we were on Twitter and he posted a picture and I said, Sarah, that's the guy. Sarah, that's the guy. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> and she said, it is the guy. It's... And then we told our friend who was staff and she was like, hey, guess what? You are no longer allowed at this convention. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't kiss my I want to see a picture too, because I, I have so many problems. My first brony con, um, I, d- I did the gala the first year. And I was 17. And the amount of grown men who were trying to, to grind up against me while I was dancing, because uh, I, I danced competitively. I did ballroom dancing competitively. Um, I was a cheerleader. And so I, I love to dance. It's not something that, and especially at a pony convention when I'm 17, it shouldn't be something that's sexual. But I had guys who were just, you know, groping me all up and down, trying to flip my skirt up. And uh, I remember I remember the next day, I can't remember who I was cosplaying the next day on Sunday. I think maybe it was Moon Dancer. No, I, I don't know who I was. Um, 
but this was this was in 2014 so i was 17 and i i saw the guy and he he came up to me and we were we were near the harbor and i just i snapped at him because this this was the guy who was like trying to grind up against me mm. and i told a male security member about it and he did nothing because he was like well i didn't see it so it probably didn't happen you're Aww. probably just overreacting and i was like i'm a kid Ugh. i am a kid mm, there's no excuse and for that. so Ugh. right so i saw i saw the guy who was grinding up against me and i i didn't know his name but i i saw him and i i walked up to him in front of his friends and i was like i am miss baltimore crabs and i will push you into the freaking harbor if you ever touch me again psycho <laughs> Beautiful. Nice. Yes. Well, you better bring that energy when we do Carmelita Spats and Esme. Oh my gosh! Like I don't even, I don't even know. I crowned myself Miss Baltimore Crabs and threatened Baltimore to crabs. push a man. Well, it's it's a song from Hairspray, and they also, of they, course, they I also love it. did um like all of the the PonyCon mascots and these crab hats, the BronyCon mascots. Mm. <laughs> so it was like, hi, I am the new Miss Baltimore Crabs. I will push you into the harbor, and. Yeah, I think after that, um, a lot of bronies knew to maybe not touch kids. I hoped so. I guess not. We always hope that's the takeaway, but it never is. Like, I, I shouldn't have to be, no, no, no child, no person, but especially no child should have to defend themselves in that way. Um, it's just something mm-hmm. that should be common knowledge. I guess to sort of like wrap it all together, like it's totally cool to come say hello. Um, and if and if a cosplayer says no to a picture because they're busy, please respect it and don't try and chase them and take the picture anyway. Because that's something that happens a lot to us too, and it's that's even more infuriating is that you don't respect our response. And almost always, if we say no, we'll say we'll say come to this panel or come to, at the end of our panel because we always do a photo op session. So you have an opportunity. Right. We always yeah. try to find a way to give you an opportunity. And we're never mean about pictures. If we're stressed at the time, mm-hmm. you can see us running so you can understand, okay, they're in a hurry. That's why they're saying no. Well, but and I mean, at towards the end too, we were doing like four or five, maybe six panels a day and we had rehearsal yeah. for for things too so like if we say no we're not saying it because we don't want to take a picture we're saying it because we have to run to the to the convention Next center event that we're doing we yeah. gotta run and uh change our costumes and our wigs and our full makeup we gotta change mm-hmm. everything like it's it's not because we don't like you it's because we, we have, have a job to do yeah, yeah. we love meeting mm-hmm. new people any cosplayer would be more than happy to Take a picture of someone because it, it feels nice to know that your hard work with your costume is appreciated. And I've had a lot of really awesome interactions with followers um, and, you know, even like giving them like tidbits on like how to make certain pieces or whatnot. Or just having a casual conversation. And that's a beautiful thing. We love to interact. But I mean, it's just it's it's just like mm-hmm. a understand boundaries, understand space. Like you don't have to treat t- treat us like we're like porcelain dolls. Like we're not gonna break, but just like respect that you know we don't want to be treat smooched. us like a person. Yeah, we're we're literally just nerds mm-hmm. in a costume. So, but that being said, just because we're in a person in a costume doesn't mean you can take advantage of us in the costume. Treat us like a human, not in a costume. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. we're just another person walking down the street. Just dressed like an anime character, because like who doesn't want to do that? 
Honestly, <laughs> I would do that every day if I could. Yeah. <laughs> Frequently do. But not out in the street. I'll just film TikToks at three in the morning, yeah, you know? Yeah. In an ever-changing world, and there's just going to be, you know, if you're going out into the world, unfortunately, there are, mm-hmm. I mean, there are good people, but there are also bad people. And it's just, you know, it's just, you know, trying to spread a message to the bad people that, no, you shouldn't do this. Or if you didn't know what the decorum was, it's important to know that anyway. It's it's safety. It's, and it's, it's you know, it's not trying to call out anybody specifically. Yes. It's, you know, it's well, important to know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's again, like, to back to that point of, you know, there should be a safety well, the most Im- or, or class or, or panel or anything The most important like takeaway is that you can say no. Mm-hmm. If you are in cosplay mm-hmm. and you feel uncomfortable, you can say no. You have that power. And it's something you can practice, too. Uh, I've practiced saying no with Mm -hmm. my therapist. So I'm in therapy. I do therapy twice a week because I have have narcolepsy, and that kind of makes me a little bit grumpy, a little bit grumpier than I'd like to be. And I I dealt with a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. at cons, so I have to work on boundaries. And we will practice scenarios. Like, so she'll ask me questions, and I practice saying no. I practice politely declining. I, I practice, like, okay, say this situation happens. How, how will you respond? So learning that I can say no and that, that I can set these healthy boundaries has helped me so much, not only in cosplays and in conventions and in my professional life, but also mm-hmm. just every day, just going to the grocery store, interacting with people on the street. Because, um, you know, I'll, I, I do still live in South Africa and I, I do still, you know, have a lot of uh, people because you can't really go out after dark here because it's, mm-hmm. it's dangerous. And, and learning how to just say no to people and to be confident and be self-assured has has helped me feel safer in another country during a pandemic and it also makes me feel safer when going to professional events and i do kind of include anime and pony and comic conventions as professional events as well because it's Mm -hmm. it's my job and yeah so boundaries are just incredibly important i i think it's an important thing for parents to talk about their kids with too because so much Mm. of the female experience is having to know you can say no Mm -hmm. to things Mm -hmm. so it's an important thing for people to learn they even a lot of people are like well it comes with a territory so you need to be able to expect it and the fact that we have to like prepare ourselves because it's like such an ongoing thing is really frustrating like you want to be smart and you want to be safe but it just really sucks that because people aren't having this conversation and really um you know get I don't want to say shaming but you know raising awareness about people who abuse the system and who don't understand Mm -hmm. consent like that we have to Mm-hmm. take repercussions for something else that somebody else is doing to us that's a little frustrating sometimes i mean really the lesson should be um don't say this to people but instead the lesson that we're getting is um guard yourself because somebody's going to say this mm-hmm. to you right and mm-hmm. and we've mentioned uh female cosplayers a lot too but this this does it happen to male, male cosplayers yeah, as well yeah. and and guys guys yep. who are listening because 
I have so many wonderful guy cosplay friends. Mm-hmm. I love my male cosplay friends. And they deal with a lot of the same harassment we do. So guys, don't feel bad about saying no either. Yes, right. Say don't no. feel bad about mm-hmm. turning da- turning down advances from women. Because if women are being creepy to you, that is Call them out. Still, still valid. Not You're still okay. valid. valid. Well, and yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, with <sighs> with men, they are scared to say no because of the way society views them. So yes, no, say no. Everybody say no if you're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, I yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you guys. You know, it's just a shame that like people just don't have healthy boundaries in general. And especially, you know, a lot of times the conventions can kind of bring out people that might not be used to being around a lot of pretty girls or, you know, they do objectify them because they see the character in um, them and that's really it. And they forget that there's someone underneath there. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm ugly underneath that makeup. I'm a troll. (laughs) The current trend, that is, if you can't date a character, date a cosplayer, I hate it. What? Yeah, it's, so it's, I saw it going around TikTok, but, there's this trend that is, if you can't date a character, date a cosplayer. But the thing is, cosplayers are a uh, goblin race that um, yes. that just I'm likes disgusting. to shapeshift. And you don't know what you're getting if you date a cosplayer. What you're getting is a lot of anxiety and a lot of mess. Because um, I, I know that as a <laughs> member of the goblin race of cosplayers, um, I make a big old mess when I'm making costumes. <laughs> If men find out we can shapeshift, they're, they're going, going to, to tell, tell the, the church. church. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it was perfect. Okay, on a on a more positive note, like, how do you guys think? Um, you know, because cosplay, like as we talked about earlier, cosplay is becoming, you know, I, maybe like more mainstream is the way we're like the word quote unquote mm-hmm. where there's like sewing machines specifically made for cosplayers there's like oh there's whole sections of fabric stores mm-hmm. specifically for, for like cosplay so i'm i'm wondering like from your guys's perspective like how you think cosplaying as a general thing that people do you know at conventions to express their how the to express themselves how that has kind of changed how you know people write like like fiction and people like if there's if there's specific instances where characters are like at conventions there was a horse episode where rainbow dash went to a horse convention so i'm just curious what you guys think about all that stuff i love it because i see cosplay as a form of self-expression and a way to pay homage to the show the creators the characters that you love so I love that it's becoming mainstream because it's giving people the opportunity to express that love in a concrete way, even if they're just going to the thrift store and buying a uh, a purple vest and a t-shirt and saying, I'm, um, I guess I'm Twilight Sparkle, guys. Like, even if that's all they're doing, like, not wearing a wig, it doesn't matter. You're showing your love, your adoration, and you're showing that you care about Mm -hmm. the show. And I Mm -hmm. love how uh, cosplay and conventions becoming mainstream really are worked into cartoons now. Oh, yes. (laughs) Off the -hmm. the top of my head, off the top of my head, I can't remember the episode, but there was one My Little Pony episode, I think, where Rainbow Dash went to an yeah. AK Yearling Yeah, that's the one Dune I mentioned. Mm-hmm. 
And that was the funniest thing to me. Like, I think the guy's name was Quibble Pants and him getting, like, all worked Mm -hmm. up about, oh, you you garbage. I remember it trended that there was, like, a a Daring Do um, body pillow in the episode. You guys remember that? Yeah. There was. was. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yes. Oh my god. I mean, it's, there's a it's so funny. There's a Bob's Burgers episode where they literally go to a yes! Burgers. When they go to a Burgers yes. and it is it is so funny and I love <laughs> seeing I love seeing episodes like that. Um I I did a script reading at Babscon a couple years ago. And in the script, they were the ponies were going to uh, another like pony comic book convention and I played Fluttershy. But also, uh, Tabitha wrote me in as um, sexy cosplay girl. Wow. <laughs> and I think that's, I, I have the script somewhere. It's, it's back at home in storage, but it's like Lachlan, Fluttershy, and then comma, sexy cosplay girl. And I was so, I was so <laughs> flattered. I'm like, oh, you remember. None of the scripts are so funny. <laughs> They are amazing. Oh my gosh. It's like I was so honored that I get to play Sexy Cosplay. And Sexy Cosplay Girl was just like a one-off character. But she was like, yeah, I'm sexy, insert character here. And, and it, it was just, it was just so, it was so funny because I was also up on stage in cosplay. So just the levels of humor were, were great. <laughs> um yeah and for those people who do not know uh tabitha saint germain is an actor from my little pony she plays rarity and princess luna i keep on having to translate non-horse things but yeah she um is she would write little scripts that were like basically fan episodes and Mm -hmm. have the voice actors and some uh fans also go up there and read and they were hilarious every time She's so funny. <laughs> She's like a fun, like, grandma, I think, is the, the good way to dis- describe it. Yes. Um, let's see. Uh, Lauren, do you want to ask the, the, the last question? Unless, you know, we have other things we want to talk about, but we've been going for a while, so whatever. <laughs> um, I guess, I guess it's like, I guess it, hey, I, I guess you have to, to, to round it out, I guess, the final question, which somewhat feeds into the advice you gave earlier, but, um, you, uh, I was going to say, do you have any uh, wisdom you'd like to impart or tips you'd like to share with listeners who want to impart on the youth? Try it. Just do it. Don't be afraid. Don't have the anxiety of, well, I'm not as good as X, Y, or Z cosplayer. Just do it. The first stepping stone for all of us is making a really, uh, sorry, I was about to say, I was going to use it bad, a really ducking bad costume. That's the first step for all of us. (laughs) Like my first costume, I used my hair. I, w- I wore stuff from the thrift store. I was still incredibly proud of it, but it was just, it was not the best. Like looking back at my other costumes, there was always room for improvement. And if you don't grow as a cosplayer, what are you doing? Get in there, try it, do it, and grow, my friend. So my most important wisdom is have fun. Cosplay, it's mm. possible. Play. You're supposed to be playing. You're supposed to be have fun. Be. You're supposed to be have fun. Does yes. the English? I love that word. It works. It's so <laughs> much fun. You being are. Fun. You're. 
you're supposed to have, to be having fun and it's silly it's kooky it's you can be weird you can be yourself you can just enjoy it it doesn't have to be perfection and there is no shame in buying a full costume yeah. online yep if you just mm-hmm. want to dress up as a character and you don't want to make your own costume and you don't even want to thrift things there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that yeah just buying a costume mm-hmm. and dressing up and having fun that makes you a cosplayer. It's all about having fun. Mm-hmm. I guess for me, something that, like, I guess when I first started, I was really, really intimidated because I didn't have any skills in anything. I had interest and passion in learning more about makeup, but I didn't know anything. Um, and I, for uh, like maybe the first year, I just felt kind of inadequate. Be- this is kind of seg- going into what Shelby said. Like, I felt like because I didn't have a strong skill set that I just wasn't good enough or I wasn't worthy, but don't be afraid to challenge yourself because a lot of us start somewhere. I mean, we, we don't necessarily start in the same place and that's okay because it's, there's no rules. There's no guidelines besides the conceptual thing, of course, but like in, in terms of you creating your costume, there's no guidelines or rules telling you how you have to go about it. You do what fits for you everyone's got different times everyone has got a different budget everyone's got different strengths and weaknesses and that's okay don't be afraid to explore Mm -hmm. like for me you know I didn't learn how to sew until maybe like a year and a half into my cosplaying journey and that's when I I took a sewing class for a semester and then I was self-taught from there and same I took a a makeup class for a semester and then I learned makeup from there and then I eventually went to cosmetology school and now I do that professionally and integrate that into my cosplay and the cosplay um, kind of catered into me figuring out my career. So, and and that's that's kind of the beauty of it is because it is a journey and everyone's journey is different. So don't like put yourself down because this person's great at sewing and I'm not. Focus on your strengths. Focus on areas that you want to improve upon and that you want to challenge yourself to grow mm-hmm. in. Like the, the possibilities mm-hmm. genuinely are so endless. Like don't ever put yourself down because of what's other people are doing like you can get there you can be great at things you just have to have the heart and the passion for it and the determination to to just go for it it's really there's really not a right or wrong way to start out we all just start somewhere and we can grow and there's not really an end point either so there's always there's always room to grow there's always room mm -hmm. to get better and it's Mm -hmm. always changing too so there's you know it's 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 going to be a continuing evolution which I think is really cool and really important for future generations and the younger generations to know. So it's not like it's going to end here. Like, there'll, there'll be more opportunities and I mean, things cos- in the future. Cosplay 10 years ago was completely different than it was 10 years before that and 10 years from now. So yeah. don't let fear hold you back. Just jump in with your feet fully going forward. Do the thing, fam. Just do it. Yo. Yo. Just, just, just do, do it. it. Just do it. <laughs> Don't let your dreams be dreams. Just do it. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, I think that's a good note to end. So um, thanks for listening to Animation Communication. Um, thank our lovely, like, this was the girl power episode, essentially, because I don't think we've had, like, an all girl, all girl like, yeah. all about the yeah. spies, purple girls. Thank you. <laughs> thank you to all you lovely ladies who have joined us today. We're, We're happy, happy to, to have you. So um uh yeah i like they, they're all good beans so follow them oh yeah you guys plug yourself go plug yourself who wants to plug themselves i'm 
I'm serendipity cosplay oh. on literally everything or serendipity212. Literally type in serendipity on Google. <laughs> serendipity cosplay. And you'll find all of my shenanigans. I do the TikToks and the Instagram and the Facebook. And and I uh, do Patreon. And I have a little bit on YouTube. I need to continue with YouTube. But Damn. I'm all over the place. And I just like to talk about things on the internet. So, so don't be afraid to reach out and ask me questions on any of those platforms. I will answer. And if I forget to answer, message me again until I do. Because <laughs> I would love to, have to, you know, have a conversation and help give some resources and get you started on the path of creating costumes. So, yeah. I am Shelbini yeah. on Twitter, Shelbini Cosplay on Instagram and Facebook, and Shelbini143 on TikTok and YouTube. So, again, like, just if you have any questions, send a question to me, and I will answer it. <laughs> I am Lachlan O'Neill on literally everything. Just one one word, Lachlan O'Neill, no apostrophe. Hopefully, KP can just link it yeah, down we'll do below that, but because you know. my name spelling is a nightmare. Yeah, but we'll I have a website. That. I have a Twitter. I have an Instagram. Lachlan's I have a Facebook. making my website. Uh, it's fine. I have a YouTube. <laughs> Yeah, I'm making, yeah, I just, I'm pretty much everywhere doing everything because I'm on lockdown and in South Africa and just doing my best. So there's not a whole lot of cosplay stuff up right now, mainly because of my circumstances. But when I move back to the States, I plan to start going to a lot more cons again. And I already have some on my list. So you, you guys, you guys will see me there. Just need to wait. Maybe yeah. six more months, <laughs> and we'll be good. Um, yeah, Lachlan is already asking, like, what cons are you doing, Rachel? Like, we're gonna do them together, girl power. And I'm like, cool. I like friends, so that's that's that that is this story. Yes, I um, like friends. Yeah, too. we. If you're new, we do every episode. Words are hard. We put out every episodes every Wednesday for the most part, um, you know, and then obviously if you're super, super new, I'm a YouTuber um, and you can look up I Love Kim Possible a lot in your Google-ness and, you know, watch some fun videos, I guess, if you want to. Please subscribe. It it fills my soul with acceptance. I don't know. I'm rambling. Lauren, do you want to say anything? <laughs> um... I, I feel like everything's been said, but, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll provide all the links below, uh, for all the YouTube people. Yes, obviously we, we, you know, for, for the new listeners, if you don't know, uh, however you found us, you probably found us through YouTube or you probably found us through one of the podcast things. Either way, we post to both. So, uh, to close it out, uh, yeah, just stay tuned. Uh, we have episodes, we aim to have episodes up every Wednesday, Starting in the early hours of the morning, we start posting to basically all streaming platforms. And then by the evening, we pretty much have a YouTube version with uh, visualizer stuff, you know, fun stuff to look at uh, while you have it on YouTube. So, uh, yeah, we try to cover all the bases. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, stay tuned. And uh, thank you again for joining us today. And Thank you for listening, and Yay. thank you so much Art again, everybody, for joining us. Important. All right, have a good rest of your... Mm-hmm. Uh, Cosplay is magic. Like, one of these days, one of these days, Lauren, <laughs> straight to the moon. Anyway, um, have a good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Night, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. 
we are really hoping this show makes a difference in how people view animation and media, as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation or media industry. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe and rate those five stars, as well as tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our main YouTube channel, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, and turn those notifications on. My name is Scribbler, and you have been listening to Animation Communication.